So, good morning. If you're a visitor here this morning, uh, welcome. Please join us afterwards for uh, a drink and a chat um, at, the, at the coffee stations at the back. Please try not to rush off. We'd love to say hello and maybe answer some of your questions if you have any. My name's Raj. You know what? I'm really buzzing. I'm really buzzing today. I'm really quite effervescent, like when you shake up a can of pop. I'm actually quite bouncy. In fact, I've been for a wee now this morning four times. And, 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 and that's how I know I'm really excited. And as elders, we try and be open and vulnerable towards you. So anyhow, maybe, may, maybe I'm just getting old, yeah. Uh, anyhow, yes, I'm excited. Why am I excited? Because uh, this morning, we are about to embark on a new sermon series, but that's not just it, a new sermon series over the next five weeks talking about the values that shape us. If you're new here today, or a student maybe from Teesside or Newcastle, uh, uh, this is a great morning, because in this morning you'll get a feel of who we are, and a bit of the, about the direction of where we're going, and what you can get stuck into. So if you're a visitor, if you're a student here this morning, you are really welcome. So before I move on, I'm going to pray if that's okay. Thank you, Lord Jesus for this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are good. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are a speaking God. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you share your heart with us. And as we read the Bible, that comes alive. As you speak to us directly in our prayer times, as we open our hearts to you, you speak to us. And I thank you, Lord, that over the last 18 months or so, you've been speaking to us as elders. And I thank you for the great privilege of being able to share some of that with uh, the church this morning. I thank you, Lord, that you are speaking about a new season, about a new adventure, about all that God is calling us, all that you are calling us to step into. And I pray, Holy Spirit, as I share this this morning, that you will bring our hearts, uh, you will light the touch flame on our hearts this morning, that you will set something off in us like a domino that runs off all the other dominoes. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will speak to us powerfully in Jesus' name. Amen. So approximately, uh, uh, over the last two years, 18 months or so, as a team of elders, uh, we've been deliberately inviting the wisdom, the anointed gifting uh, and faith, if you like, of men and women, of godly men and women who over the years, trekked the journey of church probably longer than we have. Sometimes on Sundays, you'll have seen them, Adrian came last week, but also in our, on our Friday mornings or one-on-one conversations in Skype settings. And that has really been, over the last two, three years really, a deliberate strategy. Uh, God has spoken to us as elders. Um, uh, and it continues to be, actually. We have a Skype one with Martin Charlesworth just on Tuesday. These godly guys that speak wisdom into us. And the reason I tell you that is that um, today's values introduction, that's what this morning's going to be about, and the next few weeks of unpacking this further comes from one of those very key encounters with what I, who I call our brigadier friend, um, Charles Glass. A lot of you might not even be aware of him. 
Charles uh, uh, is, a, is a New Frontiers church leader and church planter. He's also a coaching and career management um, uh, consultant down in the city. He's all, he was also the former director of New Frontiers uh, Global when we were all together before multiplication. He's actually now the current director of Christ Central Churches. How this guy gave us any time at all with all those roles, I haven't a clue, but he did. And the subject that Charles really challenged us uh, on was the whole area of church culture and church values. He provoked us by saying that you're all very good at listing all the things you'd like to do, but are you defining and shaping the kind of church God prophetically wants us to be? This triggered something in all of us that got us all thinking and praying, actually. He was describing, if you like, a shift, a new way of church, or new to us at least, of church leadership and direction from a place of who we are rather than primarily what we do. A freshness about what Jubilee stands for and what people encounter as they bump into us and we bump into them. I'll come to the details of that in a minute. But that's how this conversation, if you like, started. Also, whenever God brings about change and direction, he often prepares and speaks to us well beforehand. And as we prayerfully reflected on this, he's actually said a lot of things, actually, hasn't he? God has been preparing us, I feel, we feel, for this season for quite a while. The temperature has changed. A lot of you have spoken that to us. Springtime that we heard about a few, uh, quite a few months ago now is really here. And we, as we move into the summer, I believe that a line has been crossed in terms of uh, our church journey as we move ahead with what God is doing. Helen brought us that. They're actually celebrating their, I think, Ruby wedding anniversary this weekend. As we all encountered Jesus through Paul Winston's infamous bedsheet Sunday. <laughs> God called us to, in, we sang a little bit, there was a, there was a little verse in one of the songs that we sang today about this as well. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. I believe what God has said about the faces of Jubilee deliberately changing over the last couple of years for this new task ahead is true. As we dig ditches in expectation of revival, as our hearts burn for Jesus as beacons of hope across the city as we're released more and more into kingdom activity. As Malcolm actually brought to me personally just last week, there's a sense that God is calling us to step out of the boat again like Peter. A new season, if you like, of faith-filled water-walking, sticking our eyes on Jesus. Forget the former things, God said, Jubilee. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? God is on the move. God is on the move, as we just sang. At Devoted uh, 2019, Ginny Bergen, who's visited us quite a few months ago, shared the recent story of how 6,500 people were evacuated from a town in Derbyshire after the partial collapse of 
uh, the Toddbrook Reservoir Dam. Most of you will have heard about that, uh, listened to it on your TVs or on phones. And, and she said this, they were desperately trying to repair the dam and haul back the water, but in God's kingdom, that's not what it's meant to be like. In God's kingdom, the dam wall is about to burst, and we are not to evacuate out of its path, but to get right in there, to get into what God is doing right now, to get into the waters that will change the landscape completely, the waters that will drench every available space. And later in the midst of sharing this prophecy among over thousands of people, and as she shared this prophetic word in the midst of thousands of people, she mentioned you specifically, Teesside. And so as we embark, if you like, on a new season of God shaping who we are, I want you to be crystal clear about this, that what's happening here is God's doing. Jubilee, if it's not, we're not going anywhere. And hear this, it will affect each and every one of us. Gushing, landscape-changing, running waters always do. And so one of the big questions we feel God is asking us as a church to think through and unify, come together around, is the question, who are you, Jubilee? Who are we together? What are our values? What does the culture of Jubilee look like? So what do I mean by values and culture? Well, every individual and every church together has conscious or subconscious, back-of-the-mind stuff, principles, standards, the way we behave, attitudes, the way we do things, what we believe church should feel like, deeply held things that guide and direct what we do. These are called values, yeah? And these values, how we behave together, make up what we see as church culture. Someone phrased the values and culture principle like this. What we value determines what we do. What we believe determines how we behave. As Kirian put it to me on our uh, uh, on our 20th birthday uh, last year, she, she, she said this, <coughs> each church has its own calling and it will rise from the elders' hearts. I encourage you to find that thing, things that become the culture of Jubilee and let it pervade, drench, soak through, there's the water again, the church. We don't have to use the same methods that have worked for years. We don't have to do church perfectly on Sunday morning. We don't have to keep everyone happy all the time. However, we do have to be tuned in to the Father and following him. And listen, here is the question that she posed, I think prophetically. What do your hearts sing about, Jubilee? What is at the tip of the spear? That's values in a nutshell. You see, vision is where we feel God wants to take us. It's a mind's eye picture, if you like, of the future that inspires passion and movement. We're going to share that shortly. Mission is what we need to do to get there. It's the detail, it's the specifics. It, it's what excites Simon and Gavin and us too, but they make it happen. Um, um, and we'll be unpacking that too next year. But values and culture... 
however, is different. It's the way we do things, the beliefs and deeply held principles about what church should feel like, how we behave and think, salt and light. What do we taste like? What is the nature of the light we shine? That's values and culture. God wants to first and foremost, I believe, address this deeply in all of us. Jubilee together. And as, you, and as you'll see as I unpack all four of them very briefly today, mainly I want to explain what we're doing. Yeah, what we feel God is calling us to do. Um, we'll unpack them in detail. But as you'll see as I unpack all four, four of them, most importantly, they all begin with the word, we. We. Because the we in all of these values is key. This isn't a two-seater Ferrari ride. It's an Indian bus where everybody gets on and it won't go until it does. If you've ever been to India. They all start with we. They all affect every single we here. But the other thing, thing about all of them is that they are also followed by the specific, by specific names of God. Why? Because bottom line, all four of them are values that anyone can say yes to, actually. Why? Because they're great. You'll hear them shortly. But what makes them unique to the church is the why behind each one of them, rooted in the very names and heart of Jesus, our God. His spirit over Teesside and beyond. Underlining crystal clear that Jesus is the reason the very person behind all four of them. We value these things together, Jubilee. Why? Because dot, dot, dot. Because God is dot, dot, dot. So here they are, only in brief this morning. More detail, as I said, in the next few weeks after the family meeting. But here we are. Here we are. So firstly, we rejoice. Why don't you say that out really loud? We rejoice. We rejoice. We rejoice. Why do we rejoice? Because God is our strength and our song. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, coaching a group of uh, theology students about preaching sermons, giving sermons, said, When you speak of heaven, let your face light up with a heavenly gleam. Let your eyes shine with reflected glory, the glory of God. And when you speak of hell, well, then your usual face will do. <laughs> I wouldn't have liked him as our church pastor. I would have actually. It's not meant to be like that, is it? At the heart of Christianity is joy, enjoyment, rejoicing, celebration, thankfulness, praise. Our worship team led us fantastically this morning. That's what our very God-given name, Jubilee, is all about. I love the message version of our Isaiah 61 prophetic mandate, the scripture that set this church into motion. And it says this in one of the verses, to give them bouquets of roses instead of ashes, messages of joy instead of news of doom, a praising heart instead of a faint, weak spirit. As the Apostle Paul put it, we, he nicked that from us, I think, no, we rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Don't stop no matter what. 
in my final conversation with Baz Mohammed, who many will remember, uh, gave his life to Jesus on one of our Alpha courses. Before being sent back to Afghanistan, I spoke to him, and I was determined, that was my agenda, I was determined to counsel him about his safety and being really careful what he reveals to others about his faith in Jesus. I'm just being honest, I love the guy. That was my agenda. But in those final words, that wasn't his concern. He also didn't say, Raj, you know what? Everything's going to be okay. He didn't say, everything's going to be fine. Instead, actually, for the next five minutes in that detention center, he led me through one of the most profound Bible studies that I've ever, ever experienced. And he took me to the passage of Romans 5, um, which he'd been praying over and pondering over while he sat there on his own. And it says this, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, he told me, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts, he was telling me, through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. He eventually said to me, Raj, I am good. I am happy. I am strong. Jesus is joy. I always have joy. Jesus. Jesus makes me strong. Over the years he'd been with us, as many of you witnessed, God put an unwipable, eternal smile on his face. Even today, this very same Baz Muhammad, who spoke to me just actually spoke to me just last night, uh, is leading people to Christ, baptizing them in waterfalls and streams and allowing the joy news of Jesus to go viral across the area, the, 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 the area that God has called him to minister. And hear this, in the midst of danger and extreme poverty. Prayer for Baz Muhammad. We rejoice in the Lord always because he is our everlasting, invincible strength and song. Secondly, say it out loud, we welcome. And again. We welcome. We welcome everyone, everywhere. Why? Because God is love. He's been speaking that to us clearly, crystal clearly this morning. 1 John 4, 7 one of the verses that has the most amounts of love that you can possibly fit into a couple of sentences. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and we love because he first loved us. That's what the Bible says. In the Bible, we have precious glimpses of that love, of Jesus encountering many people, don't we? And one of them is with a man called Zacchaeus. You might know the story of Zacchaeus, who was a despised, hated, marginalized tax collector. And you can read about this story in Luke 19. In Jesus' day, tax collectors were hated. His modern equivalent, if we had one and we don't, would be like this. He'd be like a pimp who owned lots of prostitutes, who was also a drug dealer and hitman and gang leader, who with all the cash he made, secretly funded ISIS. Now you might laugh, as I did when I first heard that, but actually each and every single bit of that really makes sense. 
And yet, this true story is about how Jesus' love and welcome comes even to him, Zacchaeus. And I think it challenges us, that story, is, uh, it challenges the church, we together, who live in a world where Zacchaeuses are all around us, where lifestyles and worldviews and thinking clash with what God says, where increasingly more and more actually Zacchaeuses are stepping into our church. The challenge is, how will we respond? Like Jesus? Question mark. When Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you, what did he mean? Well, he told us partially, but primarily he showed us. He showed us in Jesus. You see, Jesus was passionate about righteousness and truth, wasn't he? He was. He wasn't a soft liberal. He always raised the bar in terms of purity and morality the most famous speech in the world, the Sermon on the Mount, is crystal clear about that. Yet, even though that was so true about Jesus, those very people who broke all of his rules, marginalized by the church of his day, those very people, those very people, came flocking to him in droves. That's really unusual. Isn't it? Zacchaeus was one of that guys. How does Jesus respond? Well, he says, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Before this man had got his act together, done anything to change, in the midst of his deceit and sinfulness and betrayal, Jesus says, I want to be with you. Do you believe that? is the real love of Jesus. That is the real sacrificial love of Jesus. That is love beyond reason. And in the midst of that extraordinary burst dam waters gushing love, Zacchaeus changes, doesn't he? If you look at the text carefully, Jesus didn't say a thing about what he was doing wrong or what he must do next. It's actually Zacchaeus jumping up and down, I can imagine. Zacchaeus stood up and he said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. In the midst of God's love, in the midst of God's presence. That, well, that's what happens to us. That's what we see regularly on Alpha. That's what we are seeing more and more as Zacchaeus is walking, walk into our Sunday night church sessions on Alpha, then on Foundations, eventually into Freedom in Christ. We are declaring loud and clear, we want to be, we want to be with you. You are welcome. Love is in this room. He is. Jubilee, we rejoice because God is our strength and our song. Jubilee, we welcome because God is love beyond reason. Thirdly, our third value is we inspire out loud. We inspire. We inspire. Why? Because God is our Father. That might sound slightly unusual. Let me explain. When you read the book of Isaiah in the Bible, we witness the historic reality of Israel at her worst. 
And though through Hosea in the Bible, as you read it, God denounces the adulterous and unfaithfulness of God's people. As you start reading this book, there's a rising hope and promise of reconciliation, release from God. But what's interesting is how God through Hosea reveals that. He says actually, paraphrased, I'm your dad. Dot, dot, dot. Listen to it. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. But the more they were called, the more they went away from me. It was I who taught Ephraim, another word for his people, to walk, taking them by the arms. But they did not realize. It was I who healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness, with ties of love. To them, I was one I was like one who lifts a little child to the cheek and I bent down to feed them. Even today I remember crystal clear how every night me and mom would sit on the floor in front of the gas fire, very dangerous then, um, sit on the floor in front of the gas fire um, and mom would fill her plate with wonderful food that looked like a lot more than she could handle on it. Then she would carefully scoop up small portions into her fingers and feed me a bowl bowl of perfectly blended curry and rice, a gol, as we would call it. Very vividly, I still recall the touch of her hard-working fingers on my lips. In fact, I can feel it now. In this passage, this is what God is reminding his people, Israel, Ephraim, about the closeness and fatherliness of God. Only much bigger. Jubilee, this is the intimacy and security and inheritance from which all our doing is based. We are inspired and inspire others. We are encouraged and encourage, uh, encourage others. We are lifted and lift others to the great call of God together from this foundation and this foundation only. 1 John 3, 1 says, Behold, when the Bible says, Behold, you behold. Behold. What? I don't know exactly what that means, but it means something really important, doesn't it? Behold. What manner of love, there it is again, the Father had bestowed upon us that we should be called sons of God. It doesn't make sense. But it's true. Listen, God is creating a culture where everyone sees purpose and opportunity and gifting and kingdom calling in each other like a dad, a mum nurturing his daughter into all that she can be. Not like a boss at work. It's not just an elder's job to do that. When I watch, uh, uh, when I watch Chris and Nelly and Hannah and Nelly, I wonder, is she going to be a drummer? Even, is she going to ride a horse one day? Very expensive. We inspire. Julian Adams said to us um, quite a number of years ago, in fathering and mothering, my ceiling becomes the next generation's platform. Jubilee, we rejoice because God is our strength and our song. We welcome because God is love. We inspire because God is our all-out loving Father. Finally, we go gone last time say we go we go why 
Because God is light. That's who we are. A going people, a dynamic people. World changers for God. Not static, not passive, not stationary. We move. As Andy Martin said the other weekend, God's light shines brightest, doesn't he, in the most darkest of dark places. John 1.4 says, In him Jesus was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. What's he saying? What's he saying? It's saying that we are on the winning side. Think about it. Even in the pitch black, darkest underground caves that sometimes Paul Cattrall uh, would have climbed into lots and lots and lots and lots of years ago (laughs) when he was younger, he'd have noticed that when you switch on just a little head bulb torch in the midst of that crazy darkness, that darkness would instantly flee. You can't beat light. Jesus already has the victory. That's what it's saying. Romans 8.37 says, says, Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Is that how you see yourself? Therefore, Jubilee, we go. Christ in us, the hope of glory, as Adrian shared last week. God's light beams everywhere to everyone, even in the darkest of dark. You see, our church meetings and our community groups and the spirit-filled experience of God that we have and the inspiring books we read, even our Bible reading, are not an end in themselves, but a launch pad for intimacy with God and kingdom activity and miraculous transformation wherever God shines us. We go. We go. To the ends of our streets, to the marginalized in our schools, to the lost and confused in our workplaces, to our universities, to the broken and the hurt in our family and friendship circles, to different towns and communities across Teesside, beyond to the nations, Ghana, Turkey, and all we alongside uh, our bigger church family, Christ Central Churches, are getting caught up in more and more every single day. That's the big vision of God, isn't it? And listen, this extends to all our stewarding. We have a gift day coming up soon. And listen, (laughs) great, I like that. And listen, this extends to our stewarding of all that God has given us, doesn't it? It extends to our giving and generosity. On the 13th and 20th of October next month, we are having our annual gift days where we as a church together express our joy to Jesus in generosity and sacrificial love and giving. And I believe God is going to bring a freedom and a grace and a joy in our giving like he has never done before. That is the temperature. If that is the temperature, we'll see it everywhere. Jesus said, the place where your treasure is is the place you will most want to be and end up being. Where do you want to be? Where do you want to be? As we magnificently give our treasure back to God who gives us everything we need, our hearts miraculously go on a journey with him like never before. I don't know about you, but I want to be journeying with Jesus. 
This year we're going to be giving primarily to five areas. And I'm going to briefly touch on these. We'll open these up in a bit more detail as the weeks progress. But firstly, making disciples through our community groups, through the different equipping sessions that we run, run like Awaken, Awaken and Foundations and Intro and possibly the Bible course and God's Big Picture, all these things. Through investing in our pastoral team, God is calling us to be more focused and deliberate, uh, deliberate about seeing more and more people following, looking to Jesus in all areas of life, not just church ministry. Secondly, our Sunday night alpha strategy. All, and all that goes before and after those weeks. Make friends. Try alpha is our God-given strategy, isn't it? And through this, we're seeing more and more people hearing the gospel, coming to know Jesus, getting baptized, being added to the church and released into service and generosity and action for God like we haven't seen for quite a number of years. We were drawing a, I won't go into detail, we were drawing a graph and, and for the last few years it was kind of doing this, whatever we were looking at, but actually it's going like that now. And if I was on a sledge I would go, whoo! No, that's how I saw it. We're asking God for more. We're asking God for more. Thirdly, global mission. Michael's apostolic advance in Ghana is going from strength to strength. I just want to say, just, you know, I'm not in the notes actually, but I just want to say a big thank you to Luke and Fair and family for really getting behind this over the years and really getting us behind this and you behind this. They've been a real gem in terms of working this through and being faithful to what God has said and really helping Michael and us. They're going from strength to strength. They're regularly visiting. Michael's regularly visiting and his team um, um, are regularly, regularly visiting and planting other churches across the Volta region, meeting and equipping church leaders from some of the poorest and sometimes remote parts of the world, extending now into neighboring countries like Benin and Togo. They're now gathering and sleeping and feeding and running. It's not just that. You, Gavin, if you think running uh, our Sunday night sessions is difficult, wait till you go to Ghana if, if you ever go there one day. But they are gathering, sleeping, feeding and running the School of Leadership in Michael's church in Ho for all of his leaders. Across the whole range of churches they're involved in. We alone, Jubilee, cannot keep up with this. We are facilitating deliberately others to get on board the bus. We are exploring self-sustaining strategies too to help them. Listen, uh, listen and hear this. About five years ago, none of this was happening. You have made a difference by hearing God and being faithful to his call. That's just one area of global mission, but there's Turkey too, and all that Christ central churches are involved in, in other nations and this nation. Global mission. Fourth, releasing generations. This is about our children and our Ignite guys, and also our student and twenties, uh, who I'll be joining for lunch this afternoon, whenever there's food, you know I'm there, me and Sarush. You guys are our now generation, as Luca uh, phrased uh, in the past when she came back buzzing from uh, New Day. 
We're excited about and want to give to your future in Jesus. But we also deliberately and proactively want to see families and singles released. And specifically the over 50s with all your unique life experience and passion and zeal. I'll be meeting Jill about that soon. Finally, fifthly, finally, raising leaders. That's what we're giving to. God chooses the unlikelies to build his church and release his kingdom. And when I think of the unlikelies, I primarily look in the mirror. I shouldn't be here. We often think that, don't we? But he chooses people from all ages, ethnic backgrounds, life stories, social settings to stir the church into action. But you know what? It doesn't happen by accident. It requires time, programs, nurturing, staffing, investment, Jubilee. We are committed to giving to this. Making disciples, alpha strategy advance, global mission, raising generations, releasing leaders. As we come to our gift days, Jubilee, please be prayerful. Please be faithful. Please be sacrificial. Please be generous like you've always been. As I've said time and time again, Jubilee is your name. Your name is and always has been about joyful generosity, eye-popping big-heartedness and kindness. That's what Jubilee is about. That's what we're about. Thank you for all you've done over the years, given to, prayed for, served in, been to people over the last 20 years plus. Let's keep going from strength to strength. Okay, we're going to respond now. Okay, we can have the next slide on. Back to values. If Andy and uh, Hannah could come, that would be helpful. I've asked Andy and Hannah to learn a new song. Yeah, a new song. But primarily... We're not all going to be singing it. We will sing it later. But primarily, I want them to sing over us. Yeah? I feel that God wants to minister through his words of encouragement and beauty and creativity. Remember, God speaks. I can't remember the three things now. Can anyone? No, it doesn't matter. Eloquently, creatively, clearly. Yeah? But I feel God's going to speak to us individually and Actually, what our response is as the we together people of God about change in us. He wants to stir something exciting in us. He wants to encourage us, give us next steps. Whatever place or stage or how you feel that you find yourself in. God wants to do that and he can. And he can. So as they, as they sing this song over us and play, I want you to have a look at those um, values that God's shaping us to be. And I want you to ask some questions. What is God asking me in all of these value, we values? How does he want to mold and shape and nurture me to be his glorious church over the next 10 years or so? How do I and my family or my friendship circles step into this season of crossing the line and springtime, and tent enlarging. If you're not a Christian here this morning, that's for you as well. God wants you to rejoice out of the situation that you're in. 
When you don't put God first, you don't find a rejoicing like this. If you're not a Christian here this morning, he accepts you, he welcomes you, wherever you are, whatever your thoughts are, whatever your beliefs are actually. He inspires you to take the first step like a father drawing you in. We heard about the prodigal son, didn't we? And finally, he, he, he sorts you out from the inside out and sends you out with purpose and dignity like you have never known before. So we're going to sing this song, okay? And I want you to think about who are we, Jubilee? How does it affect me? We're not going to sing this song, we're going to listen to this song. And then I'll come back in a minute.